guys, welcome back to The Right Heart. You are listening to the second of kind of a special double episode that I produced with Jenny Ryan of Mothering Sunshine, where we talk about how to pass the Catholic faith onto your kids. In this episode, we get more practical. We have books and CDs and those kinds of specific resources that we love for our families. And we also talk about the ins and outs of praying as a family and what that looks like for us. I hope you enjoy both parts of this episode with Jenny and that you will shoot us your thoughts in the comments or shoot us an email with your own ideas of what you guys do with your family. Okay, so all of the resources I'm going to mention, they really engage your kid um, on their time and in their space. And I think that's really important because I'm, I want to reclaim Catholic culture in our life. You know, this is not a sports game we go to. This is um, everything. It is the air we breathe. It is our conversation on the dinner table. It's as natural as talking about the weather, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a family culture. Yeah, it's that family culture that I want to capture. I don't necessarily want to sit down and have a catechism lesson. I think that comes later when our kids get a little older and they can kind of start delving into that theology. Um, But I think right now, while we have these young kids, it needs to just be like the air we breathe, you know. And just, you know, if we really want to get our kids excited about nature, we would be studying nature ourselves that when we're outside, we can say, yeah, that's a black-eyed Susan, or, oh, yeah, did you know that this, insect is starts out of the grub <laughs> you know mm-hmm. we would learn all we could so we could pass that on when the situation arises so you know when it backs it up with we need to be studying we need to be learning ourselves so that when these conversations naturally come up because of these products that we're prepared for them so first of all you know we need to make sure that we have our spiritual reading and we kind of have our resources lined up and so I think one really good one is Bible basics for Catholics for um, you know the you are not really familiar with the Bible or not as much as you would like to be. I'm a the- I was a theology major, and um, I loved this book. I didn't find it boring or repetitive. Um, from what I learned, it reminded me a lot of the theology classes I took in college, and I even learned some things, and I didn't find any of it mundane or boring. Um, and it's very approachable. So I think um, that's a great resource, Bible Basics for Catholics. It, they are sold, it is sold by Holy Heroes. And if you go to the motheringsunshine.com, um, I have a link there uh, to Holy Heroes um, and all my favorite products, both for adults and for kids that they sell. So I think that's just one, you know, starting place. I, I think another place sometimes, um, from us, I know this wasn't your question, I wasn't planning on bringing it up, but um, sometimes we're kind of struggling in our faith as well. And so if you're kind of in a place where, you know, you're holding on by a thread to your Catholic faith and you are pushing through mm-hmm. and you're giving it to your kids. Um, a book that really helped me when I was in that spot was Jennifer Fulweiler's book, Something Other Than God, which is beautiful. It's a story of her conversion to the Catholic faith. And I'm a, a rocking horse Catholic, you know, my family converted when I was a little kid. Um, and so, and I really grabbed hold of it, you know, in high school and college. And then, you know, in some of the tougher grown up stuff happened, that's when things kind of started wobbling and shaking around and her book just, you know, I don't know, kind of helped me set everything right in my mind again. So that's another 
great resource. But if you go, um, I have a resource page on um, Mothering Sunshine, and so you can kind of find those um, resources for yourself. So first make sure, you know, you're ready to have these conversations with your kids when these great products, you know, bring up these questions and bring up these ideas in your kid's mind on their own terms and on their own time. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of make sense there? Yeah. Do you mind um, if I, I wanted to say something real quick that came to mind, Jenny. So yeah. I think it's so great that the first resources that you mention are resources for you, the parent, the, the mother, the woman, the daughter of God, you know, because we can't, on one hand, we really can't give what we don't have. Right. So I love that you start with that. I think that that even says more than, you know, it just says a lot. But on the other hand, one thing that I found as a mom um, and as a wife, honestly, is that giving my faith away actually helps me to get my faith more like having children and realizing that I want to give a faith of some kind of way to them may really made me, I think, jumpstart my faith even more. So it's kind of mm-hmm. neat because I think being a mom makes you want to be better. It makes you want to be a better woman Absolutely. and closer to God. And um, But at the same time, we do need to work on ourselves too and make sure that we yeah. have something substantial and solid of our own to give them. So That's so funny when you say that. I'm just reminded of the first time I saw a positive pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked down at those two lines and I just remember it was the most surreal moment and I just dropped to my knees and I was just demanding. I said, God, you have to make me a better person right now, right now. You know, it's kind of like we say, like we don't get grace all of a sudden, but like, uh, right now, God, fix it. Like fix everything about me, fix it all right now. (laughs) I just realized the gravity of like, yeah. Oh shoot. I have a human being to raise and I'm not who I want to be, you know? And so I think it just, it does, it just pushes you to just say, whoa, this just got real. Let's, let's start learning. Let's start, let's start becoming who we were created to be. And I do have a a beautiful (laughs) gift our children give us. It's beautiful. I have a confession to make, Jenny. So a lot more recently than I am willing to admit here on the podcast, (laughs) I was in prayer. I had really messed up. I really lost my cookies with the kids. Um, over, well, multiple times that day. We'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, I had everybody in their rooms because um, that's what I did, just everyone in a separate room um, for a little <laughs> while. And I went and I just started praying and I'm like, and actually I started praying and I felt like I got like this little grace from the Lord because I just started laughing because the thought <laughs> came into my head. Well, number two and number three of, of the kids probably won't remember this because they're still so little. And I remember thinking, Lord, thank you so much. Yeah, because really when your kids are little, you, I, I'm, I've, I've been like, Lord, I feel like I have a few years to like, you know, at least they won't remember this, right? <laughs> now now that my six and a half year old probably will. Right. And I really, and I, with all the kids, even my, you know, the little two and a half year old, I really mm-hmm. make an effort to make a sincere really good apology and, you know, Mm. tell them what I did wrong and why it's wrong and that I really want to have Jesus in my heart so that I'm going to try hard to put him in my heart so that I don't do that again. And, and I asked them to forgive me. Someone told me, you know, your kids will learn more from a one sincere apology than from a lifetime with a perfect mother. Oh, I think it's so perfect, you know, and when my kids get in trouble, I'm like, I have to listen to rules too. You know, what happens if I speed, (laughs) you know, I'm going to get in trouble too. I do. I, I get a couple all the time. You might not see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the rules apply to everybody, and I think that's a 
again, a beautiful gift, you know, not that God wants us to sin or, or desires any of this, but that, again, to have total and complete trust that He's in this situation and that all things work for good eventually. And we you might know, see it in a lot of time, but, you know, God, God's got this. Even when I don't, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Let's do better. Let's move on. Yeah, and I and I always go back to that um, the Bible story or the, is it the parable? I don't have my terminology right, probably, but mm-hmm. but the story of whenever um, it says uh, if a if a boy asks his father to give him a piece of bread because mm-hmm. he's hungry, the father's not going to give him a rock or a snake right. or something awful. And I I just think if I ask Lord to make me an amazing mother, if I ask Him to help me be more patient or to learn how to pass on the faith to my kids, mm-hmm. um, He is not going to just say, "Oh no," He's going to honor that. Time. He's going to honor that. And that, again, I think that's where that, that joy that comes from trust and that kind of daily hope has to come from that Mm -hmm. even if you mess up and you spend two weeks or two days or two months or six months, and you just can't seem to get past the sin issue that you've got, um, Mm -hmm. the Lord is going to, he's going to be faithful and he's going to give you a good thing because of course a human father wouldn't give his son a rock and the Lord's right. not, not going to give us rock or coal in our stocking or, you know, whatever yeah, exactly. it is. So, um, anyway, one of my mant- mantras and one of my, I just keep saying this over and over myself. I, I read it in, in this book I'm reading right now, which is just beautiful. It's called the divine pity and it's on, um, on the attitudes and it's, Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. But he says, we have to learn to care and not to care. And that's what I just keep saying, to care and not to care, to care and not to care. Because we have to care, we have to give everything, right? But we have to not care about the outcome in that it's up to us to use means, and it's up to God to produce their results. Mm. So we have to use our means, and we have to do our best, but the results are up to God. And that's when we say, you know, like when I throw up my hands, okay, God, you have to take care of this, because clearly I can't, you know, and that's kind of the attitude, maybe not so frantically, but that's the attitude we have to have when it comes to everything in our lives, to our work, to our dishes, to passing on our faith from the seemingly, you know, meaningless task all the way to the most important thing we could do that day, you know, to care and not to care, to use the means and leave the results up to God. And I think that we have to keep that in the front of everything that we do. But anyway, back to resources. We're supposed to be talking yes, about resources. back to resources. All you poor listeners having to listen to us philosophize. Oh, and gosh, we just keep philosophize. talking. I don't even know if I said that right. But on to resources. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on to resources. Okay, so first, you know, take care of your mind. You know, take care of your heart, your prayer, but take care of your mind as well. You know, in just 15 minutes a day, you set that timer, 15 minutes, and then close up that book and get back to work. You know, that, you know, don't, um, don't cut it short. Don't don't put it along. It's 15 minutes a day. You can get through a lot of books in 15 minutes a day. So, you know, take that time for yourself and for your kids um, to learn more because we can, we can always learn more and we can always grow more. So that's first of all. The second of all, um, again, I said, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, we're going to sit down and do this craft about the assumption. If you love <laughs> to do craft and, and you want to do craft for craft and it happens to be about the assumption, do it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I more say, hey, guys, here's some blue paper and um i don't know what else to have fun i'm not super crafty and my kids love it um but so again it's not so much like let's do this lesson but to make things available to your children to inspire them to um get their imagination going because you know what we imagine we really internalize it's not passive like watching tv you know 
Um, but anything, you know, when you, I love the little pig dolls. You know, Catholic Icing has the printouts for pig dolls. And we made a little pig doll nativity Aww. set. I was really proud of it for not being crafty. Uh, but, so, like, the pig dolls, the kids, they start having conversations about it. Or the Father Leopold celebrates mass Lego set. Uh, that Holy Heroes carries. Oh, they're so this cute. This is not an advertisement for Holy Heroes. They don't even know we're doing this podcast. Uh, we're just big fans, I guess. But um, we are. anything that kind of gets <laughs> them having conversations with each other, little arguments about the vestments, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is, their imaginations are going and they're internalizing that. And then it comes up in conversations and in their thoughts. Because, again, what we're trying to do is, you know, have this culture of joy and love and faith in our family. Um, and so anything that does that, any kind of books, and that's why, that's why I wrote Love With All My Might for my kids. I, I wanted it for my kids. I wanted a book that wasn't um, kind of torturous to read, you know, that wasn't mm-hmm. just prayers, that wasn't just whatever. I wanted some beautiful artwork, and that was just easy to read it, because it rhymes. I love rhyming books that you can memorize and read in like three minutes. I do, too. Because you have to read them ten times a day when your kid likes them. <laughs> so that's what I wanted for my kids. And so that's why I created love with all my might. Um, just a fun book to read. And it's this little girl going through her evening prayers. And as she says her evening prayers at night, thanking her for her mommy, thanking her for her dad, you kind of see her family participate in the faith and in the family life. And so it's all kind of incorporated into, you know, her faith. It's, it's all part of it. You know, it's like, thank you for my Teddy who cheers me when I'm sad. Well, a kid is going to recognize that. And then they're, they're going to see, oh, this little girl's thanking God for her Teddy. So it's just kind of that naturalness, you know, that we have with anything else in our lives. And that's what I like to kind of imitate in the family life. Let's have this naturalness, also piety, but this mm-hmm. naturalness about our faith and about the way we talk about God and about the way um, we learn about God, the same way we do with everything else in our lives with more intensity, you know, because we're going to Mass on Sunday, you know, we're, we're doing specific times of prayer. And so I think kids aren't dumb. Kids know the difference, you know, when they see the difference in us. So, you know, this is actually something serious. So you can have a little bit of fun with it. You can have some play with it. You can have this naturalness about it because they're also going to see those serious times. And like I said, they're not dumb. Um, sometimes we don't give kids enough credit. You know, we don't have to sit them mm-hmm. down and say, this is really important now. <laughs> they know. They know. They're smart. Smarter than we are, unfortunately, many times. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have? Uh, what are some of your favorite books for kids? Oh, books. Okay. So my favorite right now has to be the picture Bible. It is at first, the first time I saw it, I was like, this is kind of weird. And then I realized the genius of it. So it's a huge, thick book. Um, stories in cartoon strips, just like those old-fashioned, car- like Spider-Man cartoon strips. Oh, it's we like have that, that one. Comp- it's it like great? a comic book Bible. It's looking. like a comic Is that book the Bible. One? My, yeah, my daughter has read it cover to cover. She knows all these Bible stories, and she's constantly bringing up the conversation. Something will happen. She's like, oh, yeah, that's like when Esau did whatever Esau did. I can't remember. <laughs> he stole the birthright or gave away the birthright, you know. And so she's reading the thing cover to cover. And before she was obsessed with it, my four-year-old um, little boy was, was, and he would just sit at nap time and just pour over the pictures. And so these things, even if they don't completely understand it or completely comprehend it, they're internalizing it. They're thinking about it. So that's, that's probably one of my favorite books mm-hmm. um, would be, would be the, that, the, picture Bible thing, which again, Holy Heroes carries it. Um, you can find it on uh, Mothering Sunshine as well. 
Um, so that'd be probably the number one thing. And then really do like to have any little picture books about saints, anything that they find, they find interesting. Um, I, I have to say, I haven't found a lot of like the little fun books to read, which is why I'm, I'm kind of trying to produce them myself. Um, I'm sure maybe some listeners, I don't know if you have comment sections can, can add in some other things. Um, oh, yeah, that's a that great color idea. Books, I would say coloring books are one of my favorites, especially for the young kids, because Absolutely. they love to color. And you know, Holy Hero, ABC Catholic has some good coloring books, and Holy Heroes has some great ones that we use all the time. They mm-hmm. have ones on the Mysteries of the Rosary and the Stations of the Cross and on a couple of the saints. And you can so again, find coloring like pages natural. online so oh, for yeah. free so easily, oh, yeah. too. Um, I know every once Definitely. in a while when I'm really on the ball and it's, I don't, you know, and it's like a saint's feast day or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can literally find and print something out in Anything. 60 seconds. There's yes. so much and free stuff. Catholic Icing has a ton of free resources. Catholicicing.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a blog. Um, she She's awesome. Yeah. Just don't go on there Maybe. and let like a stabbing pain go through your heart and say, I cannot do all of this stuff. You I know? don't do any of it. The this... only thing I've ever done is a pig doll. <laughs> <laughs> if you like to do crafts, if you want to do the crafts, you can go in there and find them. But I don't think it's necessary. I think just having things around, mm-hmm. having, you know, like we have the Lego mass set, having the picture battle around, having these things that are part of their everyday life that they just use. Mm-hmm. coloring books, coloring sheets, if you're printing them off, having these things around so they inspire them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we were talking about books in particular, but the glory stories from Holy Heroes. Oh, my, I love Do your them. kids have glory stories yet? Oh, yeah. We have a bunch of them. And my kids are What's maybe even a little bit young, young. for them. They're but a little young. I've had them for, my oldest is like six and a half, but I've had mm-hmm. them for years just because I wanted to start collecting them. I yeah. love them. They're, but they're great. And my kids love them. And Mine are a little older, so my oldest is seven and a half, and then um, my son is six and a half, and the twins are four and a half, and they love them because their big brother and sister like them, um, but they're obsessed with them, and the conversations mm-hmm. are hilarious, and they love, like, the bloody martyr ones. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> they just, I, maybe they get martyrdom in a way that we, um, mm-hmm. it's too scary as adults for us, but they just think it's just, they just and not take in, it as like, it a is. weird, morbid way, but they just get it. Like, oh yeah, they're going to heaven. Why would you be upset about this mom? Like, why is this stressing <laughs> you out? That's this little boy, you know? And Do actually, did we, did we say that, I don't know if we explained, but the glory stories are, they're produced oh, by the Holy Heroes Company. No, that's okay. They're so, I mean, I feel like, everybody must know about them because they're great but but I don't think everybody does but yeah but they're okay so you could probably explain it better but I I always dramatized lives of the saints and it's Mm -hmm. audio it's all audio and so some people like oh why aren't they video no audio is better all the way one you just pop that thing in the car and everybody stops and bickering and listening and they're engaged and they're so engaged in these in these stories so not only are they quiet but they're learning about the lives of the saints they're being inspired. The St. Joan of Arc one, you know, she's like pulling the arrow out of her shoulder. I can do all things through God mm-hmm. who strengthens me. You know, and then they're thinking about these things and they've got to scrape to me. And they're like, I can do all things in God who strengthens me. You know, and so they're thinking about these things and they're engaged. And like I said, they're internalizing it. They're not just passively watching a show. They are imagining. And when you imagine it, it kind of becomes a part of you. So I just think all, anything like that, anything you can find that normalizes it, that internalizes it, that helps them to manage, um, sorry, um, imagine it, and helps them to take ownership of their faith 
is just a beautiful resource. So, you know, call up a book, anything that they want to go in and do on their own. I guess that's what I'm kind of getting at where I'm not like, let's not have to sit down craft time and do this. Not that there's anything wrong with that if you're going to do it anyway, but not to necessarily, you know, I think I have to take time aside to do this. No, anything that, that they're going to go and get that book off the shelf themselves. They're going to go and beg to listen to, you know, the glory story for the 10th time that day. They're going to go and do these things on their own because they're starting to take ownership and they're getting excited about it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's anything that really does, anything that your kid is going to take an interest in, in those ways is great. There's a Holy Heroes matching saints game. So it's just like any matching game. My kids like to play it. Um, Anything like that that's on their level. That's just something that they can have fun with. I think that's a beautiful resource. Mm -hmm. um, Jenny, I was going to also mention, I don't know if, if you've, purchased it but they have these cds called the story of the bible uh that i that we got the old test they have an old testament and a new testament but it is just a narrow it's a dramatized like the story of the bible and the different stories and it it's really well done it's done by uh tan books or tan homeschool and um i like them because I like they're not annoying to listen to. They're really well done. Mm -hmm. And the narrator actually like at the end of the stories or at the beginning, they'll kind of set the stage and explain like, you know, with Jacob and Esau, like why was it such a big deal with the whole birthright thing? And they just explain it very clearly and it helps you. I really like it. And, um, and the kids, they, they've enjoyed it too. I think we've listened to most of the old Testament or most of the wow, stories that they produce. Yeah. And I, I really want to get the new Testament, but that's a good one. Um, and I was also going to, going to say as far as, um, for learning family prayer and just, you know, having just religious art in your home yeah. can be such a great oh, yeah. kind of a subconscious thing to do, but they have this book called the little oratory, um, O R A T O R Y by Layla Lawler. And it has everything from, um, just setting up a Catholic home as far as even decorating and like great religious artwork, even in the book, in the back of it, they have color pages of artwork that you can like make a copy of and frame if you oh, want. Oh, that's so that, great. Of like really good art. so important. We need yeah. to make our homes as beautiful as we can, you know, yeah. just in every way from the curtains we choose, you know, just little bit by little bit by little bit. And I think, oh, that's the other thing I wanted to mention too is, one of the greatest resources we have for passing on the faith is the kitchen table, right? We have mm-hmm. to get those family meals in. Even if, if you don't do them, you know, we start start once a week or once every other week if you can't manage that. And build those up, get those family meals going, and, and make them special through beauty. You know, put some flowers on the table. You know, because the kids, again, we don't have to verbalize, this is an important family time. No, like, we're just going to be there, and they're going to notice, oh, we're using these plates, or there's flowers on the table, or a nicer meal because this is a family sit-down time. And because they've been exposed to these things during the day, they're going to come up with this you know, situation at school is going to come up and we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I think we can't you know, underestimate the value. You know, if, if, if you don't do anything else, you don't get anything else out of this, you know, start having get more family meals. If you have them three mm-hmm. times, you have them four times a week, or if you already have them, you know, what can you do to kind of symbolize that importance or can you think of topics of conversation before we even sit down at the table to naturally kind of pull into the conversation? You know, we have these young kids, we can start training them 
have these kind of conversations around the table without them knowing it. We got to be really sneaky as parents, you know, <laughs> sneak in these. Um, well, you these do. That's things. a good so, word. You have to be sneaky and and just think about those times in your day that are already kind of built in, which would be like right. meals and bedtime or or even bath time. Um, you can, you know, oh, when yeah. your kids are starting from when they're babies or when they're little if you don't have too many kids <laughs> yet, um, you can, you know, read a sweet book at bath time or at meal times. Um, I know families that will always, um, like read a Bible story at meals or like a Psalm or just use times right. that are already you in your day. Up. We've tried to like listen to audio books during dinner. It hasn't yeah. worked well for us yet. Maybe <laughs> we get a little, a little older. Um, but yeah, anything like that is just, it's just so nasty. People, they kind of start to freak out. They start hearing like, oh, I have to get gore sprays and I need to get some coloring sheets. Like you said, go, don't go to Catholic icing and freak out. Oh, my gosh, I, I have to do all this stuff. You don't have to do anything. You could just start having dinner, you know, mm-hmm. and be more intentional. If you already do it, have it intentionally. Have that dinner be more intentional intentional, and, you know, uh, in the way we talk. And sometimes, you know, sometimes the best thing we can do is work on our table manners to pass on the face because if our kids don't have table manners, we're not going to get to have any conversation around the table. So sometimes we've got to back it up and say, okay, where can we find calm and peace? First of all, if we're lacking that. And then second of all, how can we start introducing these little bits by little bit? So yeah, I think you make a really good point. Don't freak out. Don't think, oh my gosh, I, ha- I have so much to do. I-, I have to get these things on the face of my kids. No, not at all. They're helpful. They're great. They're beautiful resources not necessary, you know, use the kitchen table more than you use anything else and just talk and just educate yourself. And I think that we're off to a great start. Yeah. When you want to pass on the faith to your kids, so much of the faith obviously is prayer and teaching them how to pray, teaching them what it looks like to be a mature, prayerful Christian. And so we have lots of different ideas of what we do with our families and um, what you what could possibly work for your family wherever you are and whatever season of life you're in. And we also have some encouragement for whenever praying with your kids is like nailing jello to the wall, like it was tonight for me with my kids. It still is. Um, so, Jenny, tell me what you guys do as a family with family prayer and how even when you got started doing family prayer with your kids. Okay. Um, it's hard to remember so long ago. It feels like seven years ago so long ago. I remember when Lydia was little, we were trying you know, say certain prayers with her before she even talked. We had our whole little nighttime routine. Nighttime is a little more chaotic now with five kids. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I don't find that night is the, is the best time to really get into the, I don't want to say nitty-gritty of prayer, but really that routine. So we do try and do prayers often, especially if they're especially rowdy. My husband might go sit in there and say the rosary with them as they fall asleep. And I might join in while I'm doing the dishes. Uh, we live in a small house. So you can hear everything. So one of the great advantages of that is they're across from me. They can fall asleep kind of hearing the rosary while we say it kind of in separate rooms but together. So that's one thing that we do in an especially rowdy night. Um, I know we were talking during the break just a little bit. You know, sometimes it's like a blessing on the head, garden angel prayer, good night, I love you, you know, thanks for trying really hard today. And sometimes that's the extent of it, more mm-hmm. times than I would like to admit. But so as we try and take advantage of different times during the day that aren't as crazy. So sometimes in the rosary, you might say a decade, um, a great thing to do is to remind your eldest kid, you know, if they're around the age of six or seven, you're probably getting to that age now, they remember everything and they love to remind you. 
So mm-hmm. they'll say, should we say the Angelus? And they're like Nazis about it. They're just like, oh, it's lunchtime. We have to say the Angelus. And they get kind of obsessed with this idea. <laughs> and it's very helpful. You know, they'll hold you accountable. So once your kids kind of get to that six, seven, eight, know-it-all stage, you can kind of put them in charge of like, remind us to say this, and then they will do it. So I think um, as far as rosaries and, and those sorts of things go, um, getting your kids really involved and excited about it, asking them to remind you or putting them in charge of that little boys love to be in charge. You're in charge of making sure everything. Oh, great idea. Yeah, they love to feel important. Uh, just make them feel a little bit important. We let them lead, you know, decade, you know, let, let them lead decades, even if they do it imperfectly. Um, anything that makes them kind of feel important mm-hmm. is great. They'll, they'll, they'll participate. So one thing we did um, during Lent, we, I don't know, by the grace of God, somehow we managed to say the Stations of the Cross as a family every Friday, which was a first for us. I would admit that. That is a first. And um, and their faith formation classes, they made these cute little bags with little manipulables for the stations. So they had little Band-Aids for when Jesus fell. They had a nail for when he was nailed to the cross. They had um, little things like that that the kids could hold. And so we lined things up, you know, kind of in front of the fireplace, and Xander, who tends to be the most difficult during prayer out of all of the five, even though he's six, he just, he gets a little stir-crazy. So it was his job at the beginning of every station. He would take the last item, put it back, pick up the next one, and it would get passed around between the kids. And it kept them really engaged just to have something to hold, something to look at, to pass to the next person. Um, so that was one thing that was really helpful. And it was not my idea. They got it from Faith Formation class. It was wonderful. I'm sure if you kind of Google oh, those yeah. ideas, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of a site right now that has it. Um, but that was really handy. Um, another thing we love for our family rosary, which unfortunately we do not do every day, but if we're going to sit down and do it as a family, which usually kind of happens in the car at nighttime when they're falling asleep, and I think that's okay. I don't think that that's actually a bad thing at this time of life. Um, but when we are able to kind of sit down, so we're going to do a rosary or as, as much as we can get through, you know, the coloring books, the color of the rosary kind of keeps them, them going, my little ones like yeah. that. And then another thing that I think is really important to remember when trying to pray with your kids <laughs> is what are we doing? We're talking to God. And so we, we need to relax a little bit and not let our kids be disruptive, but not, and this is maybe controversial and some people can disagree with me and that's okay. But we do not force our kids to participate. I think if you pray or praying kind of joyfully together, even if a kid wants to go to the other room and sit by themselves, they're going to creep back in. <laughs> they're going to want to be mm-hmm. part of that. And then they're going to be choosing that on their own. And so we say, look, you can sit here quietly and be respectful because I'm talking to my God. You know, this is the kind of conversation that we've had to have mm-hmm. with our six-year-olds and, and with our four-year-olds. Like, look, I'm, I'm having a conversation. I like to treat my prayer with God personally the same way I do having a, a friend over for coffee. You know, we never get to speak to our friends uninterrupted unless we do it late at night like you and I are doing right now. <laughs> it know, is really late right now, y'all. <laughs> We don't get to have these conversations uninterrupted. When a friend comes over, it's like, okay, hold on just a second. Yes, what do you need? Okay, no, you know, give me the toy if you're going to fight over it. And then you go back to the conversation, right? And so our prayer with God is kind of that way, both our personal prayer and our family prayer. And I think we have to learn and practice that patience during prayer. And so I think just our our own mental attitude needs to kind of be of of a joyful patience that we have to practice, that we're not going to be perfect at. But to explain to our kids, like, look, this is a really important time when I'm talking to somebody that I really love, 
and this is important because it helps me to be a better mommy. Mm-hmm. So you can sit here and listen. You can join in and pray with me, or you can go sit quietly with a book on your bed. And every now and then they say, I'm going to go lay on my bed. But you know what? Nine times out of ten, or even maybe 100% of the time, they come back, and they want to be a part of it. And then mm-hmm. they're choosing it. And that's the rule. You have to be respectful and quiet while we're doing this. You can't be jumping around. If you do, I'm going to send you to your room, and that's your choice. But you do have to be respectful. And this is my time. Just like we would teach them, like, you're interrupting, you know, Mrs. Tappy. You know, you need to say, excuse me. And it's the same thing. We're talking to God. We're having, we need to be respectful of that time. And so that's one thing that I find very helpful, kind of that attitude of, this is an important time, you know, let's get through this and, and kind of let them choose it on their own, which again, I guess not everybody would agree with me, but it has worked well in our family mm-hmm. to, to kind of treat family prayer time that way. When, when you have people who are a little less unagreeable to the idea of sitting still for 15 <laughs> minutes. And I know it's sometimes it's hard, I think, when you have your first baby and you have all these ideas, you want to have a holy family and you want to teach your kids to pray, mm-hmm. but you have babies and it takes it, you know, it takes a few years before you kind of, I th- honestly, until you feel like a family, you feel like you're able to teach your kids something other than how to eat right. with a spoon, you know, and right. that's okay. Absolutely. But I, I think it's important to start when they're babies because it's getting mm-hmm. into the habit. This is what you do before bed. This is, you know, you have to get into the habit as parents. And then all of a sudden, one mm-hmm. day, your three-year-old is going to blow you away during family prayer. Um, one thing one thing that we do during family prayer, um, when it, and this is the majority of the time we do pray before bed as a family. It's just our routine that we have. And one thing that mm-hmm. we do is we say, okay, everyone go around and say one thing that you are sorry for today, that you want Jesus to mm-hmm. give you grace to do better tomorrow. And all of a sudden, my three-year-old, who I'd cried all these tears over because it was she just didn't get it, and she was terrible and wiggly, and she said, mm-hmm. she said, I want to tell Jesus I'm sorry for hitting my sister today, like, Aww. or not. And and one time, oh gosh, one time it was for not listening to mommy when she wanted me to get ready for bed, and that like. She, and just, it just blows your mind. You just like yeah. want to cry, don't you? And like, oh my oh. gosh, they do. Like they, yeah. they get it. Or when they come back and they apologize to you on their own or they say they're sorry in prayer. It's just, it's a beautiful thing to see that somewhere these things that we've repeated over and over again, and I think that's kind of the point you're making, that there's mm-hmm. these prayers that we say over and over again that maybe are a little bit monotonous, they're working deep within our hearts and they're working deep within our children's hearts. And we don't see it until they blow us away with something they say. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> And we're surprised by that grace that's working in their, in their hearts. We shouldn't be, but we are. We're completely blown away by them. Absolutely. I think it's beautiful. And that, it just makes me think of traditions, too. I think traditions, I know we're talking about prayer specifically, but traditions, I think, are so important and such a beautiful way to connect our child permanently, you know, to, to their faith, you know, despite their future lives and decisions, you know, but these traditions that we, you know, like Advent candles, um, anything like that around, you know, praying at the table, all these things there, you know, you know how sometimes you kind of have that, like a, a scent memory or mm-hmm. an audit and any kind of memory that just kind of sparks a thing in your heart and you don't really know what it is, but it's from your childhood and you kind of know it and you know it's special. Mm-hmm. These traditions that we have with our family praying before bed, there's this beautiful story of this man who had just led a horrible life and um 
I think it was the San Jose Maria Scrivine, the historian. He goes to hear his last, you know, do the last rites and hear his confession before his deathbed. And he's saying he was a horrible man, but he always said his three Hail Marys before bed, like his mother oh, taught wow. him, you know. Uh, every every day of his life, he never missed it. Like, I've been a horrible person, but I did this one thing. Oh, wow. You know? And so these things that we teach our kids will stay with them forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these things that we say over and over again that our kids are going to laugh about when we're gone. Like, do you remember how mom used to say this? They're going to remember that we said it. <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> that remember. mom. I totally have it. And and even things I already like... I know the things that my kids are going to be like, I'm never saying that to my kids. <laughs> I think I'm going to be her. Um, I wanted to say like even, even things like when we're out in the car, the car is an awesome time to pray with your kids, oh, es- especially when they're time. little because they're strapped yeah. in. Um, so I we, <laughs> I had a, a child in school for the past two years. I've had one in school and, you know, carpool in the morning. So we started saying a morning offering in the car on the way to school, mm-hmm. like a little kid, great a little time. kid one. Um, it's awesome. I'll actually, I'll put it in the show notes cause it's a, a really great Good. simple one. Um, but we, we do that. And then every time we see an ambulance, we have a little short, you know, a little rhyme prayer that we'll pray. Or if we see a homeless person, uh, we always pray for the homeless person. And just the car is mm-hmm. a great, great place to bring that's up. beautiful place. Yeah, yeah to, to talk it. about your faith. So that's a really great place to start. And then um, also as far as traditions, there are so many great blogs out there. There's probably whole Pinterest oh, yeah. pages on it. Um, so between Google and Pinterest, you are, you are set. Um, and I'm sure Jenny and I both have posts on them, but... You know, an example of a tradition might be during um, Advent. Um, so with our kids, since they were really little, like two years old, they were singing this. So we would say, you know, bless us, O Lord, and say the prayer. And then we would, we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, just the first little oh, verse of I it. Love it. And that's a small tradition that you can do that helps set the tone once a day for whatever, you know, the liturgical mm-hmm. season you're in. So for Easter, um, the Easter season, maybe you'd sing the, you know, your favorite version of the Alleluia. Well, uh, I love like that. that. And that's the thing that these, they can be yeah. the simplest little things. We don't need to wait for anything to start for any, we don't need to wait to get a glory story. We don't need to wait to get a purple yeah. tablecloth <laughs> exactly. for when we're in Lent. Like we don't need to wait for any of this stuff. We can just start with the simplest little things and all these little things add up little thing after little thing after little thing you know we get better and better about praying and and about noticing these things and our kids it, it's all deep within them you know no matter what happens that's all going to be part of them forever which is kind of amazing mhm it really is and again what when you're thinking about wanting to give away your faith i feel like at least for me the holy spirit has inspired me with so many little things, even in conversations with the kids. So many times whenever Mm -hmm. he's inspired me to make a teaching moment out of something, even if it's Mm -hmm. me apologizing to my kids and we start talking about, so what kind of a person, you know, if you have Jesus in your heart, how would, how would you act differently? Because mommy did not have Jesus in my heart five minutes ago, (laughs) did I? But if I had, when I let him in, he helps me be patient. He helps me um, yeah. be kinder. And so anyway, I just uh, really trust the Holy Spirit is working and hears those little desperate prayers yeah. to help you be better. And he loves that. Des- he just loves the desire of our heart to be good and to be better and be pleasing to him. He loves that. And he's going to honor. Yeah, it. absolutely. 
That's so true. And we don't know, we don't know how any of this is affecting our kids. I know one of the things you had mentioned before is what do we do if our kids not getting it? We don't know necessarily that they're not getting it. You know, if they're the one point. that gives us the most trouble, you know, everybody has that one kid that just likes to push them and push them and push them and push them. You know, I'll, he'll just, sometimes he'll just, he'll blow us away at the most unexpected moments. And I remember after, I think, when was it? I think it was Easter or it was, I can't remember, it was some mass at night and oh, it was Christmas, it was Christmas Eve mass. And we had driven around um, a couple of nights before through our city just to see the beautiful lights. And there was homeless people, you know, sleeping on the, sleeping on the benches. And it's something we talk about. We pray for them, you know, after every meal. And we talk about this and the kids have ways of saving money to help, you know, give alms to the poor. And sometimes you kind of like, why are they even really getting this? Like, is this too much for them? But they went up to the priest and it was kind of funny. Um, it was so unexpected. And they go up to our parish priest and they say, you know, Father, we were driving through town looking at Christmas lights and there were people, homeless people, sleeping there. And they said, and do you know what? People were walking right past them and they didn't even notice. Mm. And it was just so like, it was so moving to me and so touching to see, you know, that the kids kind of saw that indifference and thought to tell their priest about it. And I, I don't know really the connection I'm making there, but I don't know that I even under, fully understand it or that they do. But somehow in there, because we talk about this at home and, you know, we talk about the corporal works of mercy and, and we do these things and then they see that, somehow they know that, like, this is all connected. And they're, they've got to tell the priestess for some reason. And then the priest can say, you know, can kind of comfort them and give them like, right. And, and we want to pray for them because we don't want to forget them, you know, mm-hmm. and that they're getting it. And such sometimes much more than we are. And to just relax and just turn to that joy, turn to that trust in God that he's, he's holding our kids and he loves them more than we do. And to just relax, <laughs> just, <laughs> just relax calm down and it's going to be beautiful. I think that's such a great, a great note to end on for these really two episodes that we've done. We started off, we were just going to do one episode, right, Jenny? And then we've had such a great conversation that we've, (laughs) that we've, that we put it into two, which I'm so excited about. I think it's, it's really neat to have both of these, but on that note, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been such a gift, and I I really think that so much of the practical stuff and the heart stuff that we talked about today is exactly what so many people need to hear and what we both need to hear because Absolutely. as bloggers and, and speakers, I think a lot of what we we talk about is exactly what God's doing in our hearts and our families and what he's exactly. taught us. Exactly, what we need to hear. <laughs> we need to hear over <laughs> and over again or we wouldn't know to say it. <laughs> All right, guys, we have been talking to the beautiful and wonderful and just God-filled Jenny Ryan of Mothering Sunshine. You can find her blog at justmotheringsunshine.com. She makes it really easy, and you can get in touch with her through there. 
You can also check out my blog over at erinfranco.com. I have the blog and the podcast you can all find just under there. I'm so excited that you guys chose to stop and listen to this show today. There's a lot of great stuff out there to listen to, and I want to thank you for giving this show a chance. If you loved this episode, I really encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, You can use the subscription box right on the homepage of therightheartpodcast.com. You can find it through erinfranco.com too. I try to make it really easy to find my stuff online. And I basically just send you a quick email whenever I post a new episode because I don't have it quite where I'm doing uh, weekly or bi-weekly or whatever it is. So if you don't want to miss a new episode, that is definitely the way to go. And I do do show notes for all of the episodes that I do on The Right Heart, which means that any links we talked about, any books or resources, uh, which is definitely exactly what we talked about a lot on today's show, I link to in those show notes. And so all you have to do is go look up the guest or the show on therightheartpodcast.com or aaronfranco.com and you'll find all of that there. All right, guys. I'm going to let a favorite saint of mine, St. Therese of Lisieux, close today. I love this quote from her. I think it really pertains to being a parent, to being a mom, and kind of to the, the basics of what we need to make sure that we are doing every day. She says, Let us miss no single opportunity of making some small sacrifice, here by a smile, there by a kind word, always doing the smallest right and doing it all for love. Until next time, God bless you.